Hello and welcome back. My name is Katie Shepard and this is the AHA Homeschool Podcast. It's a new year, you guys. We are in 2023. I don't know about you, but that feels really far away, but it's here. You know how you have, you get credit cards that have the expiration date and when, when you get it, you think like, wow, that year is so far away. And then and then time just keeps flying by and then it, it arrives, right? Um, I have a credit card that expires in 2023. And I remember when I first got it and I started, you know, typing in 2023 as my expiration date, just felt like so far away. Like how could 2023 ever get here? And yet here we are. So it is a new year. It's a new month for all of us. And um, it's also midway through the school year. Most of us, you know, start school in August, September, and we go through April, May. And so you're like mid-year at this point. You are in the trenches with your curriculum, um, with your kids. They're, hopefully by this point you've established routines. Um, but I want to encourage you, even if you're already a week in to school in 2023, I want to encourage you to reassess and to reevaluate and tell you, first of all, you are allowed as a homeschool mom to switch gears at any point that you feel God calling you to switch gears. And sometimes I think it's difficult for homeschool moms, especially because we don't want to quit that curriculum, right? We bought it. We invested in it. I spent all this money on X, Y, Z, right? And and you you tell yourself that in your head, like, oh, I just, I spent so much money on this curriculum. We've just, we've just got to get through it. And I want, I want to encourage you to reassess. If you have anything on your homeschool plate that is not working, if you have any curriculum where every time you get it out and you're you're literally thinking, oh, we just gotta get through this till the end of the year, then maybe God doesn't have that curriculum for you right now. And I would say there are obviously some exceptions. You know, if your child is 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 struggling with math, you can't just like chuck math and not do math at all. But you can switch curriculums or switch to some sort of Montessori style or hands-on, or you can like switch gears or pause the curriculum for a little while if it's not working. And I have a newsflash. You don't have to finish the whole curriculum ever or even this year. How many of us that went to public school remember finishing every single textbook we ever started in every single class? Most of us, I mean, I remember my my um, AP US history class in high school, which we should have finished because um, 
if you take the test, you get the college credits. I think that still exists. Uh, we didn't even finish it. I'm pretty sure we only made it to uh, early 1900s. So we didn't even get through, you know, World War One or the Great Depression or World War Two. You know, there are a lot. There, there was a lot we didn't get through, and it was supposed to be an AP U.S. History course. Um, now that obviously isn't ideal, and that was a high school type situation where, you know, I was trying to earn college credit, so probably not, you know, ideal. But for our younger kids, especially, they just they don't have to finish every curriculum every year. Maybe you're halfway through your history curriculum and everyone is beating their heads on a wall to finish it. Okay. Close it and put it down for a while. Maybe for history instead, you just start studying maps of different countries and switch to more of a geography, hands-on geography situation. Maybe for um, for history, you for the rest of the year, you read historical fiction and have your kids narrate from those books or do hands-on projects that go with those books or make dioramas, um, make presentations about characters in the book. Maybe for history, the rest of the year, you every week you go to the local history museum and you study something else there in depth. And then when you're done, you go to the library and you get books on that topic and then you bring them home and you read them for a week and then you do it all over again next week. There are lots of ways to reassess and it's very difficult in our minds because we think you buy the curriculum, you do it for the year, you finish the curriculum, you get the credit for the class, you know, everything's wrapped up in a neat little package. And um, public school doesn't work that way. And I'll tell you that homeschool doesn't have to work that way. I think sometimes, and I know I struggle with this, so I'm sure, I'm assuming many of us do, that that we we remember what it was like to be in a public school. And so we have this definition of what it is. And it's hard to step outside of that. And I have to remind myself constantly that we left, our family, we left the public school system because I didn't like the system. So then I'm not really doing my kids any justice if I'm just trying to recreate the system within my home, right? And so what is working? What in your homeschool right now is like working really well? Keep that. <laughs> Keep going. Keep doing it. And if it stops working really well, reevaluate it whenever it stops working really well. And then what isn't working really well? Is there an elective you've started or um, maybe the science you've started is you discovered is just a little bit above your kids' heads and it's not quite reaching them and inspiring them. It's, it's okay to change up sciences. And then what in your schedule is working? Is your, is your schedule working really well? I have a friend who um, is officially 
been homeschooling for a year and she has toyed with their schedule. And she has discovered that um, that when they start their day, her kids do a better job starting their day with their individual work separately versus starting like my kids, well, the way that works really good for us in our house is starting with our morning basket type where we are all together. We're all together for almost an hour. We read Bible and a bunch of other things. That works really well for us. It is a great, our, my family, we've just settled into that routine and it is, it just works so good. And the days we don't start that way, we are all just off in a hot mess. But she found, my friend found that that doesn't work for her family, that starting the day individually is really what's best for her kids. So my question for you is, do you need to change up your schedule for the second half of the year and try something different? Are you every day, every day you get to math, is everyone struggling because maybe it's too close to lunch or maybe it's too late in the afternoon or maybe it's too early in the morning. Maybe your kids aren't math people at 8 a.m., but maybe, maybe they would be math people right after lunch when they've been fed and they've been refreshed a little bit. So is there is there a way you can change up your schedule, move things around or do things differently? Are there extras that are taking over your life? You guys, there are so many, so, 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 so many opportunities for homeschooling students to leave their home during the day and go do activities from homeschool gyms to art classes to dance classes to homeschool roller skate and homeschool ice skate and homeschool this and homeschool that. And there are so many, so many choices. And those things are all good. But I would say they're really only good within the right timing for you and your family. So have you added a bunch of extra things in? Have you added in art and dance and homeschool gym and swimming and like an extra class at co-op and maybe piano lessons? And are you feeling upside down and backwards? Are you feeling like your days are too disrupted? Are you feeling like you never have a day where you're just at home doing the work and in it with your kids and plugging into those relationships? Because you can stop. You can let go of some of those extras. One thing that we've realized in our house, and it's something you just have to evaluate over and over, is that we do best with uninterrupted days. So if we're going to schedule an activity, um, we try most of the time to schedule it um, or appointments like doctor appointments, those kinds of things. We try most of the time to schedule them after lunch. Now we don't always get all of our subjects done on those days, but we can get a good chunk of things done before we are to leave and go to an appointment or the zoo or go to wherever. We function better having less disruptions 
um, we function better having at least two days a week where we are at home and we are fully just engaged at home. And sometimes that means taking walks or playing outside or playing, you know, soccer in the backyard or exploring the backyard. We don't just like stay cooped up in the house. But I would say we function better and our school days go better when we have less disruptions. So have you committed to things that maybe you need to say no to? And sometimes saying no is like the best thing you can do for your kids because you're giving them them that time and that space and that freedom to um, be at home and to maybe get bored a little and maybe add in some creativity or maybe explore a subject at home that they're interested in, but they don't have time when you're super busy. And also when you say no to good things, right? Because sometimes there are good things that aren't God things. There is a lot of good out there that you can be involved in. But I promise you, God doesn't have all of those things for your family. Not all good things are God things. And that's great because that means we have the freedom to say no. Sometimes good things come up and we get to say no because we get to prioritize our kids and our time with them and our freedom to not be tied down. And when when your kids, you know, our kids are all being raised in this overcommitted culture that idolizes busyness. And I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't want that for my kids. And so when when your kids see you say, we're going to say no to this activity for a season because I feel God saying that this isn't for our family. Your kids are going to learn to prioritize differently as they get older. They're going to learn to step away from what the culture would say, um, that you should do all the things and you should idolize busyness. And they're going to learn that it's okay to say no and prioritize something different. Um, I would say when you're reassessing your second semester, do you spend too much time at home, which would then be the opposite, right? Because there's always somebody on either side. Um, do you spend too much time at home? Are you are you stuck at home and just stuck in your schoolwork? Do you add in any spontaneity with your children? How can you, from now until whenever your school year is over in May-ish, um, how can you add in some spontaneity? What are some things that your kids might find super fun and exciting? Maybe you go to a donut shop and do math one day while they eat donuts, or maybe you go out to breakfast or one morning they wake up and you say, all right, everybody get dressed. We're going to pack lunch and we're going on a field trip. And you have it all planned, but they have no idea what's coming. Are you doing anything spontaneous? Because that's what really adds in the fun. I really think those days are a lot of the days where we make the memories and really build those connections with our kids. So recapping, the first thing I think you should do for the rest of the school year is just reassess. 
don't force your way through curriculum where everyone is just beating their head on a wall and you feel like you're pulling your kids through mud to get the work done. Have you been there? I have. And I forced them to do it. And it wasn't joyful. It wasn't fun. We made no lasting connections. I would argue that we probably didn't learn nearly as much as we could have if I had been willing to be flexible. And so I just encourage you to be flexible, be spontaneous, go do things, but don't let those things take over your life. Be willing to say no to things that are good, but not God things for your family. Be willing to reevaluate your schedule. Because that's what homeschooling is. Homeschooling is a constant reevaluate and reassessing where you're at and where you want to go. Are you still aligned with your goals that you set way back at the beginning of the school year? What have you slipped away from? What have you accomplished? And I think those are all things we can do in January to really just set ourselves up and set our kids up for success for the second half of the year. The other big thing that I want to encourage you to do this month right now is to go to a homeschool convention. Now, you can't just up and go to a homeschool convention today, but a lot of them are coming up. They're coming up this spring. They're coming up this summer. And getting to a convention requires a commitment. It requires you finding it, putting it on your calendar, maybe reserving a hotel room or finding a friend who lives nearby that you can stay with. It does require some time and some commitment on the front end. You have to prep for it a little bit. But get yourself to a homeschool convention and take the whole family. I know we go to the great homeschool convention in Cincinnati. My parents live there, so it's great for us because we can stay with my parents and it's not too far away. So that also works out really well for us. And when we pay to get in, it includes the, the entrance fee, registration fee, whatever it's called, includes my, my family my husband and I, all of our children, and any grandparents that want to go with us. So include the grandparents if you want. Benefits to convention. My husband comes away so fired up to keep teaching our kids and with some of the newest things. And, you know, he hears some of these things from me, but then when, when we go to seminars and he he hears other people say the same thing. He's like, oh, okay. You know, it's just, it's, it's just affirmation a little bit that, um, that what I was saying to him was right in the, in the first place. Just kidding. Um, I'm most definitely not always right. Last year, funny story last year at convention. Um, well before convention, it's probably been about a year and a half, um, ago, I decided we needed to have our own library at home. We had recently been to the local public library and the teen section appalled me. Absolutely appalled me. And no, we don't have to pick up those books and read them. But still, like even just reading the synopsis of them, I didn't even want my daughter to do that. As a teenager, I was like, oh, no, you're not going to read these books. It was it was appalling what was on the shelves and how 
um, how, how worldly it was and how the selection was so narrowed in to certain topics. It was just, it was appalling. And so I've started building a library at home, collecting uh, discount books and buying books from thrift books online and half price books. And so I've been building this library and, you know, every, every time a, a book, a book package arrives from thrift books, my husband's like, you got another, another thrift books package. You know, have you read all the ones that you ordered last time? And of course the answer is always no, we, nope, we haven't read all those yet. Um, but we sat and listened last year to Andrew Pudua from Institute in Excellence in Writing. He is, oh, if you ever have a chance to listen to him talk, he is so knowledgeable and so encouraging and so funny and so personable. You will love him. And in the middle of the one talk he was giving, he said, the number one best thing you can do is build a library within your home. And I looked at my husband and I was like, see, See, I have, I'm good. I'm doing what Andrew's told me to do. And, you know, my husband kind of laughed and rolled his eyes, but, but it's true. There's just a lot of things you will see and you will learn at convention and your husband will see and will learn. And it really just brings you together more as a family. It's very, very good for dad to go. It's super encouraging to be at homeschool convention when you, when you, when you see other moms walking around with four or five kids behind them and you see parents and kids working together to like pick curriculum and it's just so encouraging. You feel surrounded by all these people that are on the same journey you are on. Sometimes homeschool can be a little lonely. And, um, and the truth is at convention, it just, you just feel like you're just part of something bigger and that there are other people on the same journey and that you are not alone in almost anyone is willing to talk to you about ideas and, um, you know, encourage you and help you find the right curriculum. All of the vendors are so knowledgeable and they're so smart. You can get your hands on curriculum. You can open books and say, oh, no, that wouldn't work for my kids at all. Or yes, this is exactly what I was picturing we would do. You can discover resources that you didn't know about before you went. Last year when we were at convention, and this was something I had heard about, but I didn't, I hadn't taken the time to do any research. Um, we stopped at a booth for World Watch News and it's, it's a news program I think probably designed for homeschoolers, but I, I imagine if you're not homeschooling, you could still subscribe to it. It's a 10 minute a day news cast that includes world news, but it's kid friendly. So when they talk about wars, they show things that are going on in like Ukraine and Russia, they're leaving out anything that is bloody or gory. They're leaving out vocabulary that would be inappropriate for our children to hear, you know, all of the things on nightly news. Um, so they're telling world news, but they're telling it within a kid appropriate context. It's so good. We love it. We have been using it ever since. And 
I, I'd like to think that someday I would have looked into it on my own, but you know what really pushed me there was convention. And then the other big reason you need to go to convention is that we need to teach our children that they are never done learning, which means that we, as their adults, as their parents, as their main disciplers, as their, as the leaders, as their leaders in life, we need to show them that we're never done learning, that there's always something we can learn. We should never go into homeschool thinking we are the experts. We know everything. There's nothing we can learn because first of all, you're going to miss out on a whole lot if that's your attitude, because there are people that have gone before you. There are people that have experienced things you haven't experienced, and we can always learn something from someone else. And secondly, if you go into it with that attitude, you're going to miss the opportunity to teach your children that they can always be on a journey to be learning more. We should never be done learning. We should always be curious and digging in to things we want to know more about. And so when we go to conventions, when our kids sit with us in seminars and see us taking notes and paying attention and asking questions, we're then modeling the very behavior that we want them to continue with the rest of their lives. That curiosity, that constantly wanting to learn. And I think it's also modeling pretty good character because you're showing them that you're not above, you're not too good to learn and to get ideas. So that's it. Those are the two things that I would really encourage you to tackle this month. Reassess, find a convention and put it on your calendar and take your whole family. It's not a mom's weekend away. No, take your kids because last year my kids saw, well, this goes back to the building a library thing. But last year, my kids made a list while we were there of all the books they wanted to be in our library. And I have since bought, I'm pretty sure all of them. And they've read a lot of them. They were like, they they consult that list and they pick out those books and they sit down and they read them because they saw them on a shelf at the convention and they thought it was interesting. This year, we're planning on picking out our science for next year. And the kids and I have already talked about some choices. We're going to go and we're going to open the books and I'm going to give my kids a choice. I'm going to let them be part of the decision. And then when they're part of the decision, they take ownership in it. They're excited about it. They get to be there when you purchase it. And I am telling you, it is so cool and it is so powerful to see your kids take a part, take an active role, be in the driver's seat of their education. Get yourself to a convention and take some time to reassess. And remember to be flexible with yourself. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be their mom. You just have to love them along the way. And if all you do every day is point them to Jesus and build a relationship with them, you will have done your job. 
All right. Welcome to 2023. I hope these things are something you'll consider doing. I pray for you and your family as you dig into a new year. And I would ask that if you know anyone that is trying to pull their kids out of school and get started mid-year, it's tricky, but it's totally doable. I did it myself and I know lots of other people that have done it. I would ask that if, if you could just share with them this podcast, share with them episode one, let them start at the beginning, let them walk through and let them start to figure out how to get started. Thank you for joining us for this episode and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.